let's start with introducing our guest. JBRC's yes, on our... resident brewer. Brewer. Resident Brewer, Matthew Boynton. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming and joining us again. Uh, thank you very much for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. We wanted to have you on because we've gotten now um, 10 coffees on behalf of the Sakamichi fan club who said, bring back Matthew Boynton. My, my name is almost as hard to pronounce as my job title. <laughs> um, I have actually found out who the Sakamichi fan club is. We oh, didn't think it was you, by the good. way. We thought it was you. Uh, it was not me. I it assumed was it was me. either you, Dan, or It's a Curdy Nut. I don't have that kind of coffee money to be throwing around, to be perfectly honest. Right. But uh, it, it was uh, a friend of Sakamichi Brewing and noted local pervert, Daniel Hebert. <laughs> uh, Daniel okay. Hebert. <laughs> Do we need to put a disclaimer, or is this on record that he's a pervert? He's happy with that title. It's not defamatory. <laughs> Okay, let, let me rephrase that. Uh, noted local pervert, Daniel H. No, <laughs> D. D Hebert. <laughs> I think that's, isn't that a Simpsons joke? That they go, it is, uh, it, it yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah, like, if you, if you see him again, please apologize to him, because I think we genuinely perplexed him when we said he spelled your name wrong. The first time, he just left out a T in Matthew. There's two T's in Matthew, just the and one he left T it out. There are... There are and he's, always yeah. two T's in Matthew, unless you don't know how to spell. That's correct. There are, there <laughs> that is are, correct. Or, or unless he orders a coffee instead. And then there's no... Oh, because it's coffee, oh. not tea. Thank you. And this is why this is not the actual podcast. <laughs> you, uh, you said you said you'd been having an off week for comedy. <laughs> <laughs> how many likes would that one have gotten? Absolutely none. The, the the shame the horror I've just been teaching comedy for the last two hours imagine imagine yeah. if that's what I taught them guys tea oh. the letter T sounds like the beverage tea okay guys can I have a, oh. can I have fifty quid please <laughs> <laughs> that's how a joke is written yeah so Matthew this is our Hansekai this is uh, our secret podcast where we talk about making our podcast and uh, we go back and we look through the previous episodes of this month. And we talk about what we could have done better, uh, what we liked, what worked. And I think this is going to be an interesting Hansekai because this was a crazy-ass month. Cool. Well, Bobby's gone. Uh, I can only I'm here, presume I'm here. that... Uh, oh, well, you, I, 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 I thought you just started... Uh, it was just at the moment oh. when you started um, talking... You said uh, the word interesting. And yeah, and th then th yeah, and then you started being rude about the Shiites. The Shiites, uh, uh, the Sunni. I was. I meant the Sunnis. I oh, get them mixed up. Okay, fine. Um, no, what I had, uh, what I had said was, <laughs> it's going to be. I think this should be an interesting show because this has been a crazy ass month. Yeah, it's been our best month in terms of uh, we've recorded. So, firstly, we've recorded more episodes than we've released because we recorded an episode with Dan that's going to be released next week. Uh, so we've like we've recorded. It's, it's the most episodes ever recorded, and it's our highest ever download figures, and it's probably some of our best jokes and we we crossed the 1k twitter follower thresholds we had our best month in terms of not only downloads but uh buy me a coffee earnings yeah and uh we hit a hundred dollars a month in terms of our uh contributors which is which great means we still have to do a, a face reveal you promised we were going to do a face reveal yeah we need to work out how Even to do the face reveal never hidden our faces 
<laughs> well, that's obviously what the joke was. Uh, yeah, I, so my idea was we reveal that our faces are a, fam, a fammy chicky. Uh, but that that's was my we, idea. What the yeah, hell? It's my idea. Uh, <laughs> that was Bobby. That was that was Bobby's idea. Uh, and, and Bobby, Bobby was so keen. The reason I the reason I said that was Bobby was very keen to to like plant that flag and double down on that's my idea by the way bobby even said when he told me that idea remember this was my <laughs> idea a, dibs because bobby's fed up of, of him coming up with ideas and me claiming them as my own this one he was so pleased with he reminded me i'm not allowed to claim it as my own which is why i just claimed it as my own uh the the face reveal i think um it has to be uh, oh yeah we have to do something funny don't we but it's a funny thing the hundred dollar milestone because a hundred dollars doesn't seem like a lot Right. To some people, they like some people can bill a hundred dollars an hour. Right. Some people, a hundred dollars is nothing. But a hundred dollars to us re doesn't like represents at least 25 people bothering to give us their credit card details, which is a lot. So I, I, I'm, I'm very humbled by that, uh, by that milestone. It still doesn't necessarily cover our costs, but it's, uh, it's a good start. Hey, hey, Bobby, Bobby, Matthew Boynton, how do you feel about Ollie saying a hundred dollars doesn't mean anything? Oh, nonsense. A hundred dollars barely gets you half a pint in his bar. <laughs> That's a that's a vile slur. Uh, I, I didn't come on here to be insulted. Um, I came on here to to insult you and to insult the Convini boys. I okay. I, Good. I take it back then. Uh, not struggling businessman, very successful businessman. Yeah. Matthew Boynton. How do you feel about Ollie's assertion $100 that a hundred dollars is, is a lot of money? Yeah, you could you could yeah. buy a lot of beer for a hundred dollars. You could buy a lot of family chickies for for a hundred dollars. Great content. <laughs> all, all I need to do now is control C, control V that for 30 minutes, and you've got a Convenie Boys podcast. Uh, right, let's. Um... No, no, Ali, don't, don't diminish what they do. It's a lot of Photoshop as well. <laughs> uh, right, let's go through. Let's go through this month's episode. Uh, we started with get your 2021 Japan visas here. Now. The first comment I'd like to make about this episode is, uh, whoever, I don't remember who it was that said it to me, but think about the titles of your shows because uh, that, like, think about putting titles of your shows that people would search for. If you want to increase your listeners, think about what people Google <laughs> and have a search term. And that's what happened. We had a lot of people searching for Japan visas. And this was also, I think, the first new episode that got published to YouTube because uh, I published all of our back catalogue to YouTube, and we got our first comment. And the first comment was someone... Did it, did, you, did I show you this, Bobby? I'm not sure if I did. Nope, I haven't seen it. Oh, I'll, um, I'll just get it up. Basically, someone commented on our YouTube channel with a visa question, which uh, obviously I couldn't answer. But the thing is, they, 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 seemed, they seemed a bit young, and also they seemed a bit... Um, a bit worried, a bit anxious, so I didn't want to double down and do what I wanted to do, which was give them an answer to the question, which was, no, this is this all gone, it's all gone tits up for you. Uh, they said, uh, how likely is it that I will receive my COE? I don't know what a COE is. Certificate of entrance, maybe? Which has been guaranteed by the sponsor one week before the ban, 20th of the 12th, to arrive in my country by February, with the government now st stalling any visas until the 31st, and the state of emergency being in place until the second, until the 7th of the 2nd. What are your thoughts? Will it become possible to start an exchange student program in April or highly unlikely? Now, obviously, I wanted to re to go hard. It's like, okay, well, based on what we know, uh, based on what we know specifically about your country, because they didn't mention your country, but I wanted to go what we know about your country. Uh, but in the end, I just went to, thanks for your comment but we're a podcast about river cruises and have no more idea than you do. 
um, <laughs> we're sure this is stressful and we hope it all works out for you. So anyway, that's was my... The, was the comment signed uh, Connor Taro? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, but, I, 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 would have, I would have just replied with like, please contact Magdalena Osumi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was Connor Taro saying that, he'll be, uh, which country is your country? Uh, do you have any, um, any spare vaccine stock? If so, would you mind filling your suitcase? I'll give you the money when you arrive. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a fine line to walk because we're starting to get to the point where we're getting engagement from people who are potential fans and don't yet know who we are or what we do. Like we've gotten to the point where we're on the radar of people who aren't already very familiar with the show. And mm. so I think that, that that was a good way to deal with it because you've got somebody who if you'd done what your instinct was to go hard and make a joke out of it, you would have insulted somebody and driven somebody away. Whereas uh, <laughs> replying, we're a podcast about river cruises, uh, but we're sympathetic, might make them uh, actually listen to the show before leaving a comment right. the next time. Well, well, but don't forget I made this mistake, right? Because uh, someone on Twitter commented on uh, one of our social media sharing things which was entitled The Glass Cliff. And in the first eight seconds, you, Bobby, mentioned this, The Glass Cliff. This was, uh, this was not this week's episode. Okay, this was, so this was the Jake Edels, Edelstein episode. Yeah. We asked him how to pronounce his name. You can listen in the extras. Uh, but we asked him how to pronounce <laughs> his name. That's not Bobby doubling it's down. Jake Edelstein. And um, so this was a social media clip that the title of the clip was Glass Cliff. And... The media in the clip starts with me saying, I've heard that this is one of these glass cliff phenomenons. Mm. And the comment that we got on Twitter was somebody saying, I hope you bring up the idea that this is a glass cliff. Yes. Uh, but it, it, there was something about the punctuation or something about that. I think they said, I hope you mention, which was almost like it just seemed a bit kind of uekara. You know, there was there was something about the comment. So I gave a Saki response, which was, uh, wouldn't it be good if there was a way of finding out what we talked about in the episode? Not even referencing the fact, by the way, that she could have just listened to that 15-second clip, right? And did that emoji of, you know, the, hmm, I wonder if, which they took offense to. I've got a question for, for Matt. Uh, Matt, what does shirty mean? If somebody described something as shirty, what would that mean? Uh, that you're kind of short-tempered, pugnacious, um, easily offended. If somebody describes something as snarky, what would that mean? Uh, sarcastic in mm. a kind of mean way. What's sarky mean? Sarcastic. Sarky? Yeah. That's a word? Yeah. What the yes. fuck is wrong with you people? Well, <laughs> anyway, this, whoever, whoever this from, person was. From the was, country that brought you Reince Priebus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna reference who the person was, but they they doubled down. They said, "Is this really how you treat your potential listeners?" Which, which, firstly, is uh, it's not an attitude I like. It's like we don't owe anyone anything. We put out this podcast for free, like to people that we like, right? Like you know, if you don't, yeah, you know, they're like, yeah. we're not, we're not, we're I not. Don't, as, yeah, I, I don't want to call them out and name names, but D. Hebert, that was a really rude tweet. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so, yeah, so, D. Hebert does not have time. He's a very busy <laughs> local pervert. Well, but anyway, so so this uh, so this this person then responds. But this is this is Bobby's point, right? That we're now like 
this person came into our fold because they're a fan of Jake and they only tangentially, they'd obviously never heard the show. They didn't really know what we were about, right? And so me responding with, I wonder if there's a way of finding out what we talk about in the show. That's totally on brand. If you've listened to the show, you know that's exactly how I would talk, right? That's exactly what I'd say to anyone. Like I would be, I would frankly would be ruder. And so we then got a private message from this person saying, why are you publicly being so mean to me? And it's like, well, you started it, love. And, um, and they said, I actually liked it and commented so I could find it later to listen. That's not how Twitter works. Then they said, do you treat all of your potential listeners like this? And I responded by saying, sincerely, yes, listeners, guests, and each other, we treat everyone like this. You haven't been unfairly targeted, which is not... And it was funny because Jake backed you up. Jake was like, yep, I have, I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been both listener and guest, and they're just horribly rude. Yeah, um, to which they, they responded with, wow, gee, I can't wait to listen now. Then it went on and on, and I realized in the same, the same way that I deal with uh, kind of idiots at comedy shows, eventually you're not going to win on your own terms. You have to win on their terms. Work out what are they looking for. What does she want or they want? or he wants it was a she uh i've just given it away what do they want they want an apology they want me to be humble because they don't like the fact that i wasn't humble in the first place you know showing the humility of and the good grace that they were a potential listener and i didn't warmly invite them into the fold despite the fact that they did something idiotic like posting on twitter uh before they'd read the article which is like you know the, the basically the meme of our generation isn't it right <laughs> we're, yeah. in this, we're in this mess because people uh, don't read the article anyway it, lesson learned. I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't have been so uh, so snarky, but you know. Yeah, got well, a I mean, I think up. it's it's something that we'll deal with uh, a little bit more in the future as we get uh, a wider a wider audience, uh, which it blows my mind that we continue to do um, for this show, which we still have almost no listenership. It's really kind of like a, a just a. a the entire point of the show is for us to kind of like reflect on what we've done in, in the past shows and what we could do better. And our guest, Matthew Boynton, was kind enough to go through and listen to all of the shows this month again so he could kind of give us his opinions and Bobby, his review of each of the episodes. Don't say he was kind enough be, to listen. Which this is what this woman be. wants us to be. Don't be humble. Don't, don't be grateful. He was kind he, enough to listen again. No, no. It, they're, they're great episodes. It's 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 his privilege uh, to, to, to be able I'm gonna to... I'm going to say that those... I'm going to say that those four extra listens are probably what put us into uh, the most downloads ever this month. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Matthew, so, before we talk about the, the episodes, which is obviously what Bobby's now trying to egg us to do, do you have any thoughts? So hard. Yeah, no. Do you have any thoughts on our kind of online? He's got to turn his refrigerator on in an hour. <laughs> on our on because <laughs> Bobby and I from the beginning thought it'd be funny to make the podcast difficult to listen to. That is to say, you've got to put a little bit of work in to work out what the podcast is actually about. And originally, we didn't even have Twitter. You know, like we just put enough. I don't know, enough barriers to entry such that when you're in... You've got you've to be willing to listen to a show that seems to be about river cruises. Yeah, that's the first one, right? That's the very first thing, right? Uh, and yeah, and, and like, because and for me, there's only, ever, there's only a point in doing a podcast like this if we do something completely different, right? Like, I didn't want to be another interview show. I didn't want me and Bobby to just be talking shit. I wanted us to be writing jokes. I, well, Bobby too. This wasn't all my ideas. Uh, you know, writing jokes, doing something different, creating a format. Because, you know, it, that's the point of a podcast, right? You can do whatever you please. But that does come with a downside that we're not what people necessarily expect. So, Matthew, as an outsider, what was your user journey? 
What was your what was your experience starting at the top of the funnel, vaguely having heard about us, to then eventually getting what we were about enough that you felt comfortable to email in to go, hey, if you've got a guest spot. Uh, I, I can't remember how I originally found out about your show. I think it was through Twitter. And I think somebody maybe retweeted uh, or I saw somebody had retweeted somebody saying, I was just on this show and I really enjoyed the experience. Oh, okay. Uh, and so... I do listen to quite a lot of podcasts, and I think I downloaded an episode and listened to a few, uh, and then listened to a few more in the back catalogue, until I came across the one with Brian Ashcraft, uh, when I heard a a falsehood so egregious that I had to just get in touch with you to say, (laughs) let me come on your podcast, I have to correct the record. And you knew Um, Brian before, uh, right? Or you'd, you'd, you'd heard of Brian, you'd read some of his stuff, or? No, I had never heard of him, Uh, I've never met him. <laughs> Let me just take no this opportunity to say is. congratulations to Brian Ashcraft, whose book The Sake Bible just won best book ever, or so, some similar accolade. Yeah, yeah, and I'd like to think that was all thanks to the extra spotlight that I threw on him um, <laughs> through uh, appearing on your podcast to, to cast shade. <laughs> so you're welcome, but, Brian. But yeah, what what like what 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 do you think of our um of our kind of I don't want to use the word branding, yeah, so, but you know, so how, how, with, how we with, are online. Um, yeah, you, you say that it should be difficult to listen to, and I don't think that's the case. I don't think your podcast is difficult to listen to at all. And it's, it's very well edited. Um, it's very well put together. Uh, I like the, the format. It's very easy to listen to, I think, except for the fact that the musical stings are quite loud. It tends to blow out my ears sometimes. Thank you. Um, but but we, overall, you we know, get so much criticism for that. I try my absolute hardest. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you listen to a few episodes and you get the idea of you know what it's supposed to be, and then it's a very well put together podcast. It's very well produced uh, in, so, in stark contrast to a lot of other podcasts. I um, like the idea that there are in jokes, and that when you get used to it, you feel like you're a part of the in joke. But at the same time, I think as we grow. I kind of every week I have this internal struggle with whether or not it's worth it because we get to this point where we the spend so talk. much time on the in jokes, not, yeah. not not even the soap talk, but like a lot of but times. But that's a good example, though, isn't it, Bobby? Like, there's like you listen to that, you just don't know. Three to four minutes. There's three yeah. to four minutes of in jokes before we get into real content. Yeah, but yeah. it's you don't need to understand the fact that they're in jokes to to still find them amusing. I don't think so. Like, okay, well they're oh, yeah. doing a silly little advert here. That's that's quite amusing. And okay, well I, I I get this bit. And then for some reason they call this part soap talk. I don't know why, but it seems to be the bit where they just have some kind of conversation and and then they get into <laughs> the news. And uh, I don't know why they're doing any of this, but I can still find it amusing. <laughs> It is ridiculous. Like, I don't understand the idea that somebody would listen to the podcast and not understand Soap Talk and, and like, have to yeah. be like, wait, why do they call it Soap Talk? When did we stop explaining it? Oh, pretty early on. I remember being annoyed by having to explain it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty early on, we, we, we stopped. But, but isn't it funny? Like, little things like Bobby saying Japan by River cruise and me going the news that like obviously none of these are planned are they they just happen for a couple of weeks and they stick one week i decided to add the mcdonald's jingle to everything i said but i but bobby (laughs) what's in the news this week that didn't stick but it could have done couldn't it so you know you never you never plan these things uh they just they just make uh they just kind of keep you on your toes but yeah i do i do i do wonder like even even down to our 
our trailer, right? Our trailer is full of content that was never appeared in the show. So you listen yeah. to the trailer, which is supposed to be our our billboard for our it's show on all crazy stuff that we've it's made up about all river cruises. Nonsense, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, when we is. do the second the second round of that, Matthew, we'd like to get uh, guests to come in. So basically, the second round for our trailer will be exactly the same, made up, weird, crazy river cruise reviews. But instead of us doing them, this time we want the guests to do them. Okay. Yeah, we'll have some uh, roving reporters. Mm. Uh, I'm happy to go on location. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So I, th- um, I was going to say, though, that I think, especially with that trail, like uh, what you get from it is it's irreverence, right? And you see, okay, well, these guys are just making light of things and they're not taking anything too seriously. And they're absolutely Irreverent not is doing... British for don't give a fuck, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> But but you're you're the one thing you're not doing is these kind of oh, only in Japan or never change Japan kind of uh, stories yeah. of outside Japan looking onto Japan as it's some kind of weird thing weird fly trapped under uh, glass. But you're in Japan and, and living the experience and doing it irreverently, which is appealing to to people who live here. Well, mm. that's actually something which has been said quite a lot that the podcast is better for people who have who either live in Japan or have lived in Japan because the like we don't dumb things down right like we don't explain things that other podcasts might explain to to, to visitors and also our focus is more on that kind of realistic lived experience of Japan that like most people know that everyday life in Japan is actually pretty boring like you know, like Japan is is about as as kind of predictable as as Switzerland in in the in the in like your day to day life. But the adventure comes from the the like the mundane. Like the adventure comes from having to use an ATM uh, and doing something on it that you've never done before. So all of a sudden you're you're in a new menu system, a new menu item, and you, oh, everything. You push the English button and. 18 of the, the options disappear. <laughs> exactly. Right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you know, I actually was thinking of writing an and advert on those lines. Everyone in line behind you goes, look at that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, but but you, know, you know, it's like, you know, you know, on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when they say, computer, take away uh, two wrong answers, leaving the right answer and one remaining wrong answer. Dum, dum, dum. I kind of like, I, I was trying to write a parody of that for the ATM that you just never know which options are going to stay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, you, you can even, you can, you can phone a friend at the ATM as well now. You can phone a friend. <laughs> You could turn around so, to the queue and ask the audience. <laughs> could anyone else here? Does anyone know? Where, is it the, the tourist push this button? The tourist version of the ATM, <laughs> where if you have it in Japanese, it has all of the withdrawal, is that your, deposit, your final transfer, all of yeah. the different options, and then you switch to English, and it removes it all, and it just says, "The sushi restaurant next door only takes cash." Right. <laughs> exactly. You probably won't be but making it's like, a transfer if you're. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it's not to to win a million a million pounds. It's just to not lose a million yen by transferring it to the wrong person, uh, <laughs> irrecoverably. To, to accidentally withdraw a million yen. Yeah. So so I do want to start to get into each of the individual episodes, and I really yes, would yes, like yes, to yes, ask yes, uh, yes, 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 Matthew. But before we do that, should we discuss the fact that this month one of the crazy things that happened was that a Japanese government minister got us suspended from Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, during this recording, we got tweeted by Anne asking if we'd been blocked by him. 
And the answer is no, not yet. I think he's just keeping a careful watch uh, over us. Uh, but yeah, we... Um, firstly, the guy's an idiot. Like, firstly, he absolutely... It's not... Like, the kind of um, thing which we're doing, which is, like, these little stupid little tweets to annoy him, is different to the kind of stupid little annoying tweets which we've got. Because we're not going out there being, like, deliberately, provocatively stupid, right? As as public officials, where we're supposed to be doing something else. No, no, well... Okay, we're not public officials for a start, nor are we responsible for the vaccine rollout. So, like on both of those accounts, uh, I'd say we like Hard we have disagree. more of a reason to, to you know to allow ourselves to be stupid on uh, on Twitter. But my God, <laughs> he's such a petty. He's so petty. He's so petty. Oh my God! I, so I, I have. Tsugino Shitsumon Dozo. I am a self-confessed enormous narcissist, and I. I Google myself maybe yeah. four times a year. Yeah. I think this Man, guy must Google himself the, four times a year. The best hour. part about that Sagino Samondozo clip is the final question of that clip is a journalist saying, Why do you keep saying Sagino Samondozo? To which, without any hint of, you're going to find this funny, but Sagino um, Samondozo. He, just, he well, just says it. <laughs> well,. The thing is, the thing is, it took me four or five watches to get this because their Japanese is so advanced and so polite. But in reality, I think like there's five or six questions in that clip and four of the five are in very polite, very roundabout, very Japanese tomawashi ways asking yeah. why are you not answering these questions they're all asking the same thing so each subsequent journalist in very complicated ways is saying why do you keep saying to yeah. you know, but no, but and the, the last the, guy finally the, the just questions straight were all about out that. the first question directly. was about procurement right go watch it again the fir the first question the first question was oh, a question oh you're right and then you're right because one of them the says don't you have a responsibility as a minister like, to yeah, 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 you're right, you're very, right. I mean, yeah, it, it took me loads of watches to work out. I, I, I also didn't mm. notice that very last one until, like, watch number five. Uh, what an uh, awful... Anyway, he's exactly the kind of person which is good for us because he has an English presence, so a lot of our listeners will know about him, and he's a fucking idiot. I, I get it. It's frustrating when you can't render your your name as it is in your native language in another language, and that's why... Mashu Boyton, as is written down on every single form that I have to fill in here in Japan. You know, it, it sticks in my craw a bit. Yeah, okay, fine. You want to write your name the way that you say it in Japanese, but every language is different. I can't. I literally can't write my name in Japanese. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. a lot of the reactions to that express that. They're like, now you know what it's like to be a foreigner in Japan where you have to katakanaize your name and you're like you get called by your middle name when you go to the bank or you go to the doctor's office or anywhere when nobody ever calls you by your middle name. Yeah. But what's, you know, but that's that's not the battle, is it? You know, that like the, the people aren't um, like he, he's never the the, um, the problem is not that he's said on record. I think foreigners should use a katakana name. It's just he's being petty for the sake of it. And the whole like the way he thought he was being clever by going the Japan Times, or should I say... Times Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, very, very, very good. Very good, sir. Very good. You, you got them. No, you got, you got them. Uh, 
Matthew, Bobby's not going to like this, but before we talk about the four episodes we're going to talk about, should we do a very quick recap on your episodes? Yeah, I went back and uh, I re-listened to that episode in preparation for this. Um, I'm a bit of a SWAT, so I did all my extra homework. Thank and, you. And uh, one of the things that came up was, uh, I think you asked me whether we felt the need to use sexist marketing here in what you yes. described as one of the easiest questions that any guest had ever been asked. And uh, of course, <laughs> of course we don't. But um, shortly after that, we made uh, a beer. They got picked up by some of the local media and we were featured on one local uh, news program here, which I think another one of your guests, Derek Westman, uh, appears on every now and again. Uh, oh. And I... J-Com, then it's got to be J-Com. Yeah, it was like a J-Com Hachioji program or, or something for just lo very local areas. And the beer was called Oni Cohen Kelsch, which is a local park here. So it had a local angle to it. And uh, they talked a little bit about the beer and about us. Uh, and then they said, yeah, it's a Kelsch beer. And uh, this, the, the news guy just sighed. He went off and he said, yeah, Kelsch beer, very popular with... Um, Professional women, aged 25 to 35, with uh, medium-length hair who like to do things at their own pace. And none of that copy had come from us at all. I don't know where he got any of that information from. And it was just really bizarre to see that no matter how, you try, how hard you try and push back against sexist marketing in Japan, it will find you somehow and it will attach itself oh, to, your, to your brand. That's, the hair length thing is funny. Like that, because that's got nothing to do with anything. Right, like there's no, there's you can't predict anything from hair length, can you? Well, I don't know. It, it, it was a popular beer. We we weren't you keeping track of hair length. Perhaps that should have been one of the metrics you we were better. keeping. And also, how do you even track the? I'm presuming this is a translation from my pace. My pace. My pace. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, how do you even track that in the shop? It's like you're going to pay by cash or card. Give me a minute. <laughs> it was yeah it was just such a bizarre little aside that um i had no idea where it came from or, or what kind of background reading he had done um but yeah that that was one thing that i i wanted to to bring up is again. it is it possible that that was a joke that he was just trying to make like such a like such a specific genre mm. of person it is completely that it was possible. supposed to be yeah. like over the top and funny it is completely possible, but his, uh, his fellow newscaster, uh, who was a woman, kind of looked at him, didn't laugh, and then they just continued with, uh, oh. with the story. Um, the, the other huh. thing that uh, you sort of nailed me down on on that episode was that after you gave me that very easy question, you tried to, uh, to nail me down on a couple of more controversial opinions, including whether do. or this not... This is why we get at what we do. Uh, we lure you in, be... false sense of security, and then boom, hard-hitting investigative journalism. So uh, I've prepared a few more of my controversial opinions today that I want to read for you just to see where your line is, where you draw the line here. Um, these, okay. These All right, escalate. Daniel Hebert, listen up. <laughs> D. Hebert, please. David. D. D. David? Daniel Hebert, What was yes. his name? Uh, let's call him Daniel H. Um, for privacy's sake. Um, so these are in escalating levels of, of controversialness. Um, let's see where your, where your line is, where you draw the line. Number one, uh, Timothy Dalton was the best Bond. Oh, my line is already drawn. Oh, we've already crossed that Rubicon. Ollie's looking very yeah. relaxed. He's fine with that. Let's see where the line is, by the way. Real Jimmy Carr energy coming from Matthew Boynton here. Number two. Uh, the royal family should be hunted and killed for sport. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I'm I, back I, on your side again. I, I am a, I am a Republican, but like I'm in the same way that I'm, <laughs> I'm an atheist, but I'm also like a cultural Christian. Like I'm, I'm a cultural monarchist. In the you know I kind of I like I like having them. 
But so this is like, celebrating the pageantry. Um, exactly, you know. it's beating them. It's exactly the same thing that the people that bought the um, the the stocks in um, game whatever it's called game uh, GameStop Game Store GameStop game, right. It's the GameStop. same thing. Like it's beating them on their own terms. Absolutely, it's, it's the same thing that like you know when you see people who uh, obsess about who, who love cancelling people online. Eventually, that sword is so sharp it comes to stab themselves. Right? They they always get cancelled themselves for, for, for something. It's rope spear and the great terror all over again. Right? Uh, Precisely. The, the guillotine will yes. be used against you. Yes. Exactly. Wow. Um, so yeah, exactly. I would love Matthew to see Boyden a chav bring in, the in a red coat. References. Bring in the class. Love to see yeah. a chav in a red coat ride the queen down. Uh, on horseback, you know, and, like like in something out of Planet of the Apes or something like that. Exactly, and then rather than using the 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 whatever dog they use for the hunts, corgis. Corgis, you see, it rhymes. It's like his chav in a red coat. It's kind of similar to how the paparazzi did Princess die. Uh, that was actually Prince Philip that did that. Yeah, uh, but okay, I don't think we three. should adopt all royal norms. I don't think we should all become pedophiles. <laughs> Uh, or shape-shifting lizard people. Uh, no. Another hard, hard, hard-hitting question for Matthew Boynton: Do you think we should all be pedophiles? Um, I, I'm going to say <laughs> no, because then it spoils the fun for him. If we, <laughs> if we all are. <laughs> this is uh, this is maybe one for your your Twitter uh, pugnacious Twitter persona. Uh, number three, and this is the most controversial opinion I have. Uh, Sweet corn is a perfectly acceptable pizza topping. Yeah, I'll completely with you on that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. Sweet corn's good for loads of stuff. Fuck you guys. Uh, also, like, mayonnaise is fine on a pizza, too. I don't, I'm not sure what everyone's, everyone's issue with it is. I think the worst thing I've ever had on a pizza was scrambled eggs, and that was totally beyond vile. pale. Yeah, no, that sounds absolutely vile. Were, were they scrambled before they were put on the pizza? What else are you supposed to put on a breakfast pizza, you monsters? <laughs> they I... they appear to have been extruded from some kind of plastic tube. They were unpleasant. All right. Well, we we, we this conversation runs the risk of becoming um, prime Kambini boys chat. Uh, so so let's. Uh, thanks for sharing those opinions. Well, you're not going to get cancelled because not enough people listen to this. But if ever we become successful, we will go back to this archive and we will hold you yes. ransom. Uh, yeah. the, the, Timothy, the Timothy Dalton one seemed to be the most controversial in the room. Yeah, no. What? what? Timothy Dalton? He's the no, closest. I mean, He's a stone-cold killer. He's got the eyes of a killer. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig is good. I was waiting for Bobby to say Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Craig. Bobby can't Craig. say Craig. Daniel Craig. I think he even Daniel did a Craig. joke. Uh, he did a joke which used the word Daniel Craig. Craig. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awful. It was uh, what, what was the bit? It was um, something about a, something so a girl. So you should to know that I have a thing. I have a thing for uh, tough guy British actors, uh, pretty boy, and also tough guy British actors. But um, no, the joke was about uh, fooling around with a girl in bed who wanted to know That's what I wanted to be called in bed. She wanted to know what my favorite thing was to be called in bed, and she wanted me to have, like, my thing, and she wanted it to be something sexy and hot, and I didn't have a thing, and I panicked, and I was like, what could I say that would be a hot thing to be called in bed, and I just said, Daniel Craig, 
and it was so hot, you guys. It was it was it was amazing. But I realized she only asked me because she had something that she wanted to be called. Like the only reason she asked is because I had to reciprocate. And so I said, "What do you want to be called in bed?" And she said, "I like it when you call me your little whore." And no disrespect, no judgment, ladies. If that's your thing, that's fine. If what does it for you is internalizing the patriarchy's contempt for you as a sexual being with your own sexual agency, that's cool. I don't have any problem with that. But that said, I just don't feel comfortable saying those words. I don't like the way the H word feels coming out of my mouth. So I said, uh, I'm just going to call you Daniel Craig too. <laughs> you, uh, you don't feel comfortable saying those words and you definitely don't feel some comfortable saying them to Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that would be Tagged. Funnier. Tagged. Yeah. Um, cool. Or another another way of getting out of that joke is I'm only comfortable doing it if I do it as Daniel Craig. So yeah. then you do the you little hussy. You know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. We, now we, let, let's let's get into the episode. This has been long enough. Let's it's talk ridiculous. about. It is ridiculous. So let's talk about uh, Anne. Anne's episode. Matthew Boynton, what did you think about the uh, episode Get Your 2021 Visas Here with Anne Kilzer? Uh, it was a really interesting episode. Um, I think that all the guests you've had in January um, have been really well informed, very entertaining, very funny, very interesting to listen so, to, which on makes point, it all the more of a mystery why you've invited on me that back. Point, that's Ollie, very funny. Let the guests talk. <laughs> no, I'm not going to let the key to a you, good you interview is to let your guests talk. Uh, no, no, that, that was a good. It was a funny joke. It was a good joke. Uh, we didn't trample over it. It will. It will stay in the edit. No, but I, but it's. Right. I didn't. I didn't even hear the joke because you trampled over it. Oh, what was the joke? He's astonished that we haven't got him back on because all the guests. No, the, the joke was. I'm You're astonished that you have got me back on because all the oh, all the guests have been uh, so interesting and uh... <laughs> very interesting though. Uh, we wondered right we had it we had a suspicion that we should have a very 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 high standard for a guest's level of japanese number of years living in japan you know like we i, I kind of had a belief uh that unless the guests spoke better japanese than me and had lived in japan longer than i did that like we weren't offering anything and, and yeah that's why you were on the show and daniel wasn't <laughs> exactly. daniel uh but but Anne, right d hasn't yet mastered the language i do think she's learning she hadn't hasn't been in japan very long and also doesn't work in a japanese environment mercury is bilingual so initially when we thought should we get someone to talk about visas like i had a question mark as to like would that be useful would that be interesting is Anne the right person should if we want to have Anne on the show which we said that we would because we had the full trio of the uh, the speak her people and we all wanted to make sure they they had a, a platform i i wonder whether that was the right topic to talk about but i was proven wrong because we forget that a lot of people listening to the show might have never been to Japan or maybe would be in Japan for just one year or two years. And actually, Anne's experience is still very useful and still very valid. And she had a lot of uh, there's a lot of things about her particular circumstances, well, which were I, unusual. Enough I was, that it was a interesting. hard advocate for having Anne on because in our interaction with her on Twitter, in her in her in our interaction with her on the Christmas show, she's funny. Oh, she's great. Oh, no, no question about that. Like, I wanted her on the show, but the question was, like, is this is this topic too technical for someone that hasn't had to go down to the visa office, you know, ten, ten times in the last 20 years? But I was, I was proved wrong. I think it came out very well. Good episode. It was a really good episode. 
uh, and yeah. I think uh, I, I thought that um, the the speak her trio that you had on were all really good as well. Oh, um, hard agree, hard agree, all great. Yeah. Um, so rem- the issue for me, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matthew. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of I think it's a Spike Milligan line, right? Everybody complains about the weather, but nobody ever does anything about it, right? But you've had three mm. people on there who are actually trying to do something about it uh, and being successful yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The issue for me with this episode, with with this month, is that this is the first month that we've really kind of committed ourselves to doing half and half weekly current topical shows versus what we hope will be evergreen shows. Issues that like, you know, we'll get search results for uh, people looking up, you know, how to come to Japan, people looking up parenting in Japan, people looking up learning Japanese. And what we found is that we do these topical current news related shows every week and they function well in the moment, but in the long term, are people going to be finding these later and still finding them relevant? And enjoyable. And that's kind of, yeah, and enjoyable. If you don't know that Konotaro was a dick last week, are you going to like, are you going to listen in and <laughs> We're just betting on Konotaro being a dick forevermore. <laughs> Every week, yeah. I feel like that's probably a safe one. But like, like the super Corona focused or the super Olympic focused, like you hit 2024 and and nobody's going to be listening to what happened with the Japan 2020 Olympics they're going to be listening to what happened to uh the ice caps melting and everybody drowning um but Matthew what do you think about this idea of of trying to move slightly away from the hot topic this week and into something that might be more of an evergreen I want to move to Japan. I want to know about Japan kind of topic. Yeah. I, I guess the question is, who are you making this podcast for, right? Are you making it for people who already live here in Japan and are interested in a kind of irreverent take on the affairs of the day and, and daily life here in Japan? Or are you making it for a, an audience who doesn't live in Japan and is interested in Japan from an outsider's perspective? The answer to that question is that we are making it for the larger audience who will pay us more money. Yes. Uh, and right now, right now, nearly half of our listeners are in Japan. Uh, but what's interesting is... Over nearly half, half our listeners so pay- more than half are not. Yes. 45%. Yeah, 45% and, and also most of the people who pay us money are outside Japan. Obviously, like... But we're not just motivated by the, by the money. This is never going to make us uh, proper money. Speak for yourself. But so, <laughs> that, that leads to another point that I was kind of thinking of when I was listening to this episode. And it was a really good and really interesting episode. But if you wanted to portray the, uh, the experience of the typical non-Japanese person in Japan, uh, that person would probably be a woman and probably be Chinese. Right? Yes. So what about which, trying which to get Anne is somebody like that? Which Anne not. We asked her if she would be. But she, she, she wasn't she willing point, to do it. She point blank refused. She doubled down on the whole American identity thing. So it was a that was a hard line in the sand. So I know there's probably a language issue there and a language barrier. But um, like Americans don't. I think they're maybe ninth in uh, in Japan as far yeah, as uh, non Japanese residents go. Uh, and British but people are but, even further down than that. That's that said, these communities of of Chinese and and, and Korean as well, right? And I had. I had quite a few Chinese friends through university. They do kind of exist completely in their own 
bubble in that like they have chi- like Chinese estate agents who will help them get a property and they'll go to Chinese restaurants which are run by Chinese people and just like there's an expat bubble of of westerners there's also the same expat bubbles for Chinese and Koreans so while I agree that it would be interesting I'm not sure like how much can be learnt from that because you know if for for, for our English speaking listeners uh like then they're not going to be able to go to you know oh everyone everyone when they need this done when when they need this done for their insurance everyone goes to madam wong she knows who, she knows who to hook you up with because that kind of exists in in their world yeah, i don't know I, I i think that's a totally valid point and it might not be a very useful educational podcast but it certainly would be a very interesting thing to learn about. oh okay so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so this this is an issue that i wanted to raise because as we get into these like more evergreen topics and not necessarily topics that are closely linked to the news story of the week the news um, the news uh, so there there are a lot of people that i want to have on the show because i think they'd be good guests but they don't necessarily have a particular area of expertise that we could apply to some topic that we would typically deal with on the show um and and to be fair to be a hundred percent fair and objective and was one of these people and like her her work expertise is interesting and valid, but we've had other guests who are in that same kind of area of expertise, and there was no news topic of the week that we could apply that area of expertise to. And that's why we went – we did a lot of back and forth with her with like, what can we talk about? What can we talk about? And uh, her coming over without a visa and then finding a work visa not once but twice – was something that that we were like, okay, this is something that people will be interested in and will resonate with people, and this will be something great to talk to her about. But there are other people like like Radley, who does Why Come Japan. I would love to have him on the show, but how do we focus what he does to make it work for our show? Mm. But this is this is the problem with first agreeing to have a guest on or first wanting to have a guest on and then trying to shoehorn a story that fits right like th- th- there are some there are some guests where it's just obvious what they're going to talk about so like we want to get nick saz for example who's the editor of Fukuoka now he's lived in kyushu for like three decades nice guy interesting guy like his his wheelhouse is tourism uh, he lives in itoshima which <laughs> oscar co- sorry uh, which which constantly ranks uh, constantly ranks like I don't know top ten places to live in the world in you know these, these so do I by the way <laughs> yeah that's true uh, <laughs> um, but uh, like you know he's obvious right like he we we want him on because of his expertise not necessarily yeah. because we're his friend and you know we we think he'd be so that that's the issue right like we've always up to now been story led and expertise led. And now it's like this is an interesting person. We think we'd like to chat with them. What's the what's the vehicle? And I guess that's that's where the uh, yeah that, that's where the problems come. Which is a very long way of saying, Matthew. What, what are you actually bringing to the table today, mate? <laughs> uh, I could ask you the same question. You're the one who asked me to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so here, here. I, so, I could full disclosure, we asked you here and not on the main show because we didn't have a beer-related story <laughs> of the week. Um, I can talk a little bit about uh, my own job hunting experience here in Japan. Uh, when I, like in a previous career, I ran seminars. 
for Japanese people who were trying to hire non-Japanese people into their companies. And we had right. to kind of explain how um, the whole process is very different in Japan and for non-Japanese people. I've been to Japanese-style job interviews where I wasn't asked any questions. Like they just wanted to get a sense of who I was, right? They, they didn't ask me any questions at all. We just kind of sat down and drank some tea and chatted a little bit. And we had to explain to the students who came that, okay, so right from the moment you conceive the job listing, you have to do it in a different way. You have to be explaining to the potential candidates what they will get out of this rather than mm. expecting them to just come to you because you're a big company. Uh, and mm -hmm. there are also certain legal requirements that you can't write in the job uh, listing Asian only or must yep. not be... Uh, must be single or, or must be married or something. And we, we explained all of this. We had a big presentation. Then we broke out into groups and everybody wrote out a sample job listing. The first table I went to, I looked at it, their listing and line one was, must have Asian face. Okay, right. <laughs> oh my God. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. So clearly you were paying attention during, the, during that presentation. What does clearly, that even mean? Clearly we were not doing our jobs very well. I think it's very clear what it what means. What do you mean? What does that even I think it's mean? Very clear what does, what it means. Well, yeah, but but why the face? Must look Asian, basically. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Right. Well. <sighs> Sorry, I don't really have a joke to add to that. No, you know, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just astonished. It's like, what, what, what did the job have anything to do with needing an Asian face? Because there are uh, loopholes in the law, right? Like casting directors are allowed to cast for a black person or a, a Indian looking person or whatever. So was, was, uh, do, they, do they have an out? It, it was just like some kind of mock job listing. I think they were looking for a sales representative. So they were saying, you know, if we're going to send this person to clients, potential clients, then it has to be somebody that the clients feel comfortable with was, was their excuse, which uh, is a very mm. common excuse. Awful. I used to work as a, uh, a telemarketer and I found that we were supposed to not have people's names. Like they gave you a list of phone numbers and names and you were supposed to pretend that you didn't have their phone numbers and names. You were randomly cold calling because people were very upset that you had their phone number and name ahead of time. And I found just by fooling around that, um, if I had somebody's name and I knew who I was calling and I knew that there was somebody in the house named, say, Richard, I would get more engagement and a more likely response if I said that my name was Richard when I was calling. And I would go, hello, this is Richard. I'm calling from whatever and I'm calling for this reason. And they would go, that's my name. Instead of going, this is Bobby and I'm calling from somebody. So I, I do think there's something legit to this idea of like, there's this idea that like you, you recognize something familiar, you recognize something that's the same as yourself yeah. and you're more likely to engage with it. Well, this, this is, this is kind of the, the, the hot issue at the moment, right, with unconscious bias training and this idea that racism is not something that you do, but racism that you, but it's something that you acquire by virtue of being born into a certain skin color, right? This is a, a, a very live debate at the moment, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, or in your case, racism is something that you are. 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, but you know, but that, that's you know that that is something, right? You know, this idea of whiteness transcending even people that have white skin, right? You now see, you know, black people who do things which are seen as culturally regressive, being like called white, right? So it's it's it's, it's, it's it, I find the debate fascinating, but. It, you're absolutely right. The psychology um, studies have been done on people having the same birthday. You're more likely to do a business deal with someone if you find out you have the same birthday or the same birth month, just because you feel some kind of kinship with them. And so, like, we need to kind of uh, address the fact that we do have these very, very odd unconscious biases that probably can't be undone in our lifetimes no no amount of training will stop me from liking people that look like me which make your own jokes but (laughs) that's the way that's the way that's the way we are um and and i suppose like a sales job like it's funny isn't it because we know for example that good looking people make better salespeople. like if you go to 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 san francisco to all of the like sales people who work for um like the big tech companies selling business software, they're all above six foot, right? They've all got impeccable teeth, lovely smiles, good, good looking guys, right? And like, obviously you couldn't put that in a job description, but that's obviously what you're going for, right? Like they, they wouldn't want to hire someone that you wouldn't want to go for a beer with. So uh, while we can say, yeah, it's terrible that they've said no Asian face, that that is just one point on a spectrum they said Asian face because they were dealing face. with Asian customers. That's what I said. What did I say? You said no Asian You face. said the opposite. Oh, no Asian face. Okay, fine, whatever. But you know what I mean, right? Like, th- although we say that's objectionable, that is just on a spectrum of a large number of things which we do find acceptable. So It, it can swing the other way, though. Um, some customers came into the tap room the other day. Uh, one of them was actually from my hometown of Birmingham. Um, but he was wearing an Aston Villa shirt, so I wanted to throw him out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> did, uh, did, did it, if he's from Birmingham, presumably he definitely complained about the prices. That's, again, again with the racism, Ali. Uh, I'm allowed to. This is white on white violence. Uh, all right. Uh, have we covered Gentlemen. Anne's episode with enough? With an- yes. Episode two of January, okay. a state of emergency for Suga's approval numbers, featuring Jake Erlstein. Erlstein. Great guess. The proper pronunciation. This is another one where the extras might even have been better than the actual show. Uh, I listened to the extras just uh, this afternoon, uh, and you get pretty heavily into Jake's dating life, which I was not expecting. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it was very interesting. Um, if Lothario, the next time, you have it on, next time you have him on, if you could produce like another little extra show that is just 30 minutes of his laugh, I would really appreciate that. Uh, because I, I, think, I think that's one of the highlights <laughs> of, uh, of his episodes. I know. It, 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 is like, it is like in post-production, I've edited in a 14-year-old girl's laugh, isn't it? It's very adorable. Do you know what's funny? This is jumping, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but the, the most detail that we got into Jake Edelstein's love life was actually in an unrecorded session with Lisa Dew, who knows a lot about it. Yes. Yeah. Possibly <laughs> stuff which we shouldn't even put on record. Spilling but Lisa leaves. Lisa somehow knows that, that Jake's a player and and knows some pretty naughty things. Yeah. She she's a platonic friend. Uh we should specify that. Uh but, should we? Uh, Do we know that? Yeah, she said it. She said like oh, okay. like Jake's never put the moves on her, uh, but she she mentioned that 
her immediate environment has made it very clear to her that Jake is a Lothario. Yes. Something that Lothario, you would know nothing about. Lothario probably. being a word for pervert, but successful and welcome. It was I mean, uh, it was an interesting Bob, episode. Bobby's not going to dignify that with a response. It's not going to rise to the bait. I, I really enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed every episode that uh, Jake has been on. Um, his third episode. His third episode. So he, he's always very insightful. He has a lot of very interesting things to say. Uh, and one of the... I think one of the most interesting points that came out of it was uh, you were talking a bit about American politics and all these American commentators coming out. And uh, this was shortly after the, the riot at the Capitol, right? And the line was, this is not who we are. This is not who we are. And oh, you yeah. have to keep saying that all the time. Perhaps it is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember seeing some very tearful American YouTuber um, this was actually shortly after I think Trump had had that Lafayette Square cleared by um, his goons and tear-gassed all his goons so he could hold up a Bible in front of a church. And some oh, very typical yep. American lawyer saying, this is not who we are. I can't believe Americans are behaving like this. And I would say, well, no, Americans do behave like this. They just usually behave like this in other countries. This is yes, absolutely exactly. that what was, Americans do. That was Ali's joke about the staycation insurrection. Right. Uh, but that's that's kind of a Stay serious point as well. If you're an imperial power, eventually that's what happens, right? The frontiers come home and the the people, the foreigners that you've been brutalizing all around the world, those same security forces come home and brutalize your own people. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, the, there is a link to kind of ex-military and some of the, um, you know, the, the, the people that were... Pro-Trump. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it is an, an ideology that, that doesn't just stay when you're, you know, out in Afghanistan uh, and doing a tour elsewhere. I, I, I'm not comfortable saying that as an American because I think they're, like, I, I see a lot of ex-military who are anti-Trump. Of course. And I think, yeah, I think it's 50-50. I think it's like America in general, it's fucking 50-50, which is inconceivable to me, but it is. Right, but this is not a specifically a Trump issue. Though, is it right? The 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 really awful things that he did don't even get talked about in terms of criminality. I mean, he's yeah. assassinating foreign leaders. That's just straight up murder. You know, putting children in cages, immiserating countless millions of people all around the world. If you're the American president, you kind of you sit atop a pyramid of immiseration that stretches over the entire God world and that's not even it, matthew boynton at the risk of being too in joke i am so tired of your references to iranian general assassinations <laughs> <laughs> but, again, but trump again. is not the only president to have done something like that and of course no. we look at him and we say oh well this is awful i can't believe trump would do this but all american presidents do this all american presidents yeah. murder uh, and People and all Trump around the world all the time. Trump presided over fewer wars than Obama, and you have all these kind of statistics, right? But I think I think you're right that like the issue is not that there are fans of Trump. The issue is that there are fans of Trumpism, whatever that represents, which is all of the kind of the underbelly of nasty American foreign policy, which is what you're discussing, but amplified and celebrated rather than brushed under the carpet, which is what's been done well, for the last two decades. Yeah, I mean, Trump was never the problem. Trump was the the evidence of the problem trump yeah. was a symptom of the problem but uh, i don't even know where to go from there 
I think the main issue actually, and I don't think people in America quite realize this, but one of the main problems we've got is that damn problem, The Apprentice, because so many bad people have come from it. We've got Katie Hopkins, who is like, who's the person that that said that um, the people who were fleeing uh, Syria on dinghies in the UK were cockroaches, uh, language which the Nazis used. Uh, also, Alan Sugar was our version of, of of Trump, and he's just he's just now a, like a, a daft old man. I don't want to be ageist, but he just tweets nonsense and, con- and like he's a lord. He's a he's a he's a, in the House of Lords. Uh, lord Sugar, Lord Sugar, which is ludicrous. And he often he like he retweets like parody news articles, not getting it. He's just like a just a bit of a racist, a bit of a like a a, a, a Brexiteer. Um, I'm not saying those two are the same thing, but sometimes they are. Uh, you can say like that. a lot, just a lot of bad, a lot of bad people have come from The Apprentice. I think, I think it might. This might also stem partly from a celebration of, uh, of this version of capitalism too, which is that capitalism only succeeds when someone else loses. It's a celebration mm-hmm. of ostentatious wealth and yes. having having power over others, isn't it? Um, yes. There was one other thing I wanted to mention about the Jake. Uh, Adelstein, Adelstein episode, and that's that I really enjoy the sort of insightful political commentary um, that he brings. But none of us here can vote. None of us can do anything about it, right? We mm. are spectators in this sport. Um, so it's kind of an odd position to be in. It's a bit like me and Ollie watching American politics, and I'm sure we have opinions about it. And we, I almost resent how many opinions I have to have about American politics, but I can't vote in America and there's no chance of me ever being able to vote in America. So I am just a spectator, Um, but I actually live in Japan, but I cannot influence the politics here at all. Anyway, vote communist. It's no, but you're, you're, you're right. It's, um, and it's, it's something which, um, it's something which means that like, you know, this is not just a Japan thing, right? It's any country where uh, non-citizens can't vote. You need to rely on the citizens to be your advocates, and that's a, that's a politically that's a very selfless thing to do, isn't it? Uh, I remember when I went to uh, get my first spousal visa, I actually had to take my wife to Shinagawa. She had to come with me, and she was outraged. She said, you can't treat people like this. This is. Awful, this is disgusting. And I was like, no, this is what happens when... Nobody should have to go to Shinagawa. I was like, this is what happens when you can't vote. You know, none of us have a voice in this at all. So it really doesn't matter how you treat us. Um, You're you're getting a a glimpse into this. But that is changing because Japan knows that it needs these high impact, high net worth foreign nationals. It knows that that they, they talk on forums about how easy the immigration process is and how people are treated. Like, that is now becoming part of the discussion. And, and eventually, these kind of b- best practices do seep down into the everyman and then, you know, the, the, the workers which traditionally have been treated less well. Sure, like, but that, slowly... that's one fairly small example, right? But um, the fact is that we, we can't vote and there is no real mm-hmm. um, chance on the horizon of us ever being able to vote here in Japan. And especially while dual nationality is uh, explicitly forbidden by Japanese courts. And it will and I think, be now for a generation. Yeah, now I think that, that was just yeah reconfirmed, wasn't it, by a Tokyo court. Yep. Um, so the mm-hmm. only political party in Japan that advocates for any kind of change is the Communist Party, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is what you would vote so, for? I would vote Communist, yeah. Make your beer cheaper communist. then. 
One of our beers is literally called Seize the Means. Is it? Yes. That's nice. That's a uh, reference to Seize the Means of Production, which was a quote from Karl Marx, which uh, is the extent of my AP English literature class in which we settled Animal Farm by George Orwell. Uh, uh, who, 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 who makes that beer, by the way, Matthew? The beer, us, yeah. the workers, we make it. Okay, good. So you are, the means of production is your own. We have seized I just want to make sure that yeah. everybody, everybody, all 25 people who are listening to this know that Ollie has been conducting a very thorough mammogram for most of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I got himself. bitten. That's on why. Himself. I myself. I, I, I got. I got bitten. But I, I slept. I mean, look. You don't need to know this. I slept topless last night. We all. We, we all do some. We all do things we regret. And I had got a couple of mosquito bites, and they're um they're, they're really bothering me because they're in a quite a particular part of my tits. All right. Well, look. <laughs> you didn't need. To, no right. one. Need, no right, one needs right, to know right, that. Right. 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 Uh, so let's go ahead and move on from the anyway, uh, super topical. <laughs> Jake Edelstein communist episode a state of emergency for Suga's approval numbers and let's go back to uh, another super evergreen Japanese language study episode with Loretta Scott Kemushi-chan the uh, very prolific J-vlogger the episode 68 I think I'm learning Japanese yes good episode very good episode she's so funny yeah she is um yeah, she's 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 funny. Obviously, like she's just had so much experience making YouTube videos that she also like she knows how these things are produced. Like she can switch it on. You know, she's one of these guests that like, any guest which has has done broadcast journalism or YouTubing or presenting, it's not just that they're interesting. It's that they kind of know how these things are produced. So she was actually a very easy episode to edit. You know, she knew when her insights would be used and when to pull back. Overall, great. You know what's funny. Um... I think there's a training and an experience that comes with doing comedy that that teaches you that you have to commit to a joke. And as good as the episode was and as funny as the episode was, I noticed that there was a very, very distinct difference between you and I who are comedians and Loretta who is not a comedian and who in the episode herself talks about like her novice opinion as a comedian. Um, her, her novice opinion about comedy, the idea of committing to a joke. When you tell a joke, you commit to it. And in the episode itself, if you listen to it, there's a whole bunch of moments where she doesn't finish a joke. She stops and she says, no, just kidding. Which I think I think yeah. like is like an open micro move. Yes, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not committing to the bit, but but like not letting that silence hang and letting the audience go. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, you are right. You are right. But also, there's so many things that she said that were hilarious that would have been just that more hilarious had she let it hang. But actually, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter because they can be edited out, right? Like, yeah. one of the main editing things I do is often when people want to start a thought, they start by by explaining that they're about to get into a thought. Right. I'll give you one example. Like sometimes I teach, like I teach write, you know, I teach comedy and comedy writing. Right. One of the things I often teach when you're writing funny prose is often you can remove your first sentence, right? And the reason for that is yeah. you, you need you yeah, need yeah. to get into first gear, right? Uh, one of the most important things about cooking is uh, getting your utensils clean before you start, right? That sentence, the only the only thing that matters is the utensils. So start with that. 
Start with uh, that sentence can become start with clean utensils. All the stuff with like I think the most important thing about cooking is, in my experience, having been a chef for five years, all that kind of front loading to try and justify your opinion is something that we do yeah. in polite social circles to kind of show that we have some credibility. Cage, you know. So, slow ramp up so most of the editing i will do in the podcast is remove all that kind of you know so what i've been thinking about this over the last couple of years is trump's an idiot it's far more impactful and interesting to just hear trump's an idiot uh, and the same yeah. is true for jokes at the end of a sentence an inexperienced comic or someone that isn't a comedian by training will do exactly that they'll say the funny thing and like you said they'll tail off or, or, or kind of backtrack as quickly as possible because they feel exposed if you clip that it's funnier yeah, there is a, a YouTuber who I really enjoy called Adam Ragusia. Oh, I love him. him. I think he's great. So I think he's he, really great. That's how he does his videos, right? They just start. He has no fancy little animation yeah. at the start. The video starts and he says the thesis statement of his video. Just yeah. right there. Yeah. This is the thing you yeah. should do. And then but he, you know he trained as a journalist. Yeah, yeah, he's a journalist and a musician as well. Um, yeah. So he. Like the Renaissance man. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, have you watched his interview with Kenji Lopez? Uh, I have not, no. Um, I highly recommend that. Very interesting chat. They're both very interesting guys, I think. I really like Kenji Lopez as well. He seems just like yeah, a yeah. really decent chap. Yes, I get that impression. I uh, I really like him. I, I know that if ever I did food YouTube, I could never be like him. He's so uh, calm and methodical and orderly in the kitchen. It's clear that, like he has such an incredible well of knowledge, right, that he draws yes. from, and he makes it seem so effortless as well, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, I, re I really like, I really like the Ragusia. But actually, you watch some of his earlier videos, you could kind of tell that he, um, he, 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 there's a, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome that creeps into some of his stuff. Right. Some of the phrasing that he uses, like he's obviously not prepared a recipe more than two or three times because he knew that he had to create content. And he wasn't yet confident enough to go, I've invented this recipe this week and this is how you should do it. He had to kind of pretend that this was something he'd been doing for a while. He's now, he's now, now he's got his big following and now he's done a recipe every week. Now his videos are, this is the best way I think you can do it because I've experimented for the last week. But, but he in also his very does earliest say, stuff, he, he always says like, well, you do you, like you, you do it the way yeah, you yeah, like yeah. to do it. Um, which yeah, I think sure. is something that a lot of YouTube chefs miss out on, right? This is the only way that this recipe can possibly be prepared. It's the only authentic way. I am the yes. the arbiter of all cooking here. He's just like, yeah. no, I cooked it and this is good, so try it this way. And the, like. the one other good thing about him is he shows every step. You'll notice he doesn't cut away. He will just speed up his footage. Right. Which is good. Anyway, good little, good little tangent. Uh, few, nothing to do with learning Japanese. A few little uh, pieces of advice for you there, Bobby, on a successful YouTube cookery channel. <laughs> Ten years too late. Yeah. Um, yeah. Given I, up on that a long, long time ago. I, I really enjoyed Loretta's uh, episode. I don't have anything to add to it really because uh, she knows so much more than me about um, learning Japanese and about how YouTube works and about how to create good YouTube content. That I just really enjoyed listening to her. Yeah. Yeah, and and also I, I think both Bobby and I. This is one of these episodes where obviously both Bobby and I have learned Japanese to a fairly high level. I've learned Japanese to a higher level than Bobby gives me credit for. Uh, and uh, also, you know, I've, I'm sure Bobby's done some teaching. At least you've taught English, uh, if not Japanese. Yeah. So um, I think it was one of these episodes where both of us felt very confident that we'd have something, something insightful to say. Unlike some guests where we know that the guest has domain expertise that we absolutely don't. 
Yeah. Well, this was one of the episodes where I feel like this month we got into a groove where most of the episodes this month we felt comfortable and relaxed and were able to just have a fun conversation with the guest. Yeah. Where like we rolled off of each other, we gave each other enough time, we we had funny things to say, we had insightful things to say. I think this month in general was just great in terms of that. I agree. I agree. Uh, and Matthew, you, uh, as someone that has already gone through the language learning journey, you probably don't need any tips. Was it still engaging? Uh, I, I'm still, I would say, not even halfway through my language learning journey. There's always more to be learned, right? And uh, well, that my, is... my Japanese could stand to be improved a lot. So, uh, yeah, it was really useful. I was not uh, aware of uh, Loretta before this. Um, and, but I have had a look at her YouTube channel since. She's been going for ages. There was a lot of content there, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Good. Uh, yeah, good episode. I think we'd get her back on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If right, she wants to the... uh, take over my meetings with the tax office every week, I'd be very happy. Her Japanese is a lot better than mine is. <laughs> you have a, you have a beat. How much money are you earning that they that they're looking they're looking at your taxes every week? Uh, so the tax office collect taxes, but they also give licenses, right? Uh, and it's more about the the licensing than. Uh, oh, okay. It's not like Scrooge McDuck that you're bringing barrels of money to them. Um... Uh, no, I'm not rolling a big oil barrel full of uh, 500 yen <laughs> coins up to the tax office every week. Not yet. So anyway. they need to they need to audit your your operations every week in order to, for you to maintain your license. No, we're we're trying to apply for like a number of different kinds of licenses at the moment to be able oh. to operate our business and to be able to to run a brewery. Uh, but all of them are right. incredibly involved and uh, require huge imagine. amounts of paperwork and so on. Would you also get an entertainer's license so we can do a live podcast recording there? Uh, yes, of course. Um, Thank you. Loretta will be taking care of that for me. <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with that. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I also, again, by the way, extras, you know, I think as as good as the main episode. I think, yes, uh, this, is, this is one of those that, I mean, a bunch of times I've listened to our extras and gone, this is... A, a podcast like our main show more and more it kind of comes off as like a produced it's a show it's a radio show yeah it's a, it's a radio show it's a produced there's this segment there's this segment there's that segment it's a produced radio show the extras sometimes are so good that i'm like this should be the show yeah and it's a very different vibe isn't it because the guest is more relaxed you and i both know that we don't have to be on as much form Right? Yeah, because and also we're not clock watching in the same way that we that we do normally. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very very different vibe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, all right, should we talk about uh, Lisa Do's episode? Yes, another fucking. If I say so myself, one of the best episodes we've ever produced. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, we both make good jokes. She's great. She's funny. She gets it. Also, the adverts. Uh, funny, the Bernie Sanders one. I thought it was really funny. Call with my nan, funny. I really, enjoy, really enjoyed okay. listening back to Ollie, that. Ollie, the call with your nan. I was, I was borderline opposed to this at the beginning. Like, like 
I didn't know how this would turn out. I was like, okay, this is an idea. Depending on the execution, this might be bad. We should just and explain that, that this is a this is me parodying Oscar, right? So the the brief backstory the is the Japan Times Deep Dive podcast did an episode with Lisa a week after we'd asked her to be on our show. And Oscar started his episode with a call to his nun because she'd had the corona vaccine. Yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny to parody that? And I thought it'd be funny to parody it for a couple of reasons. One, we like being the underdog to the Japan Times Deep Dive because we still haven't got over the fact that they did a roundup of the best podcasts about Japan. And lo and behold, <laughs> they're on it. Um, and also, like, Oscar's call with his nan was so polished. It's like his nan was so well-spoken. Like, she's obviously just a, like a, you know, like she sounds one of those, like one of those nice, uh, old, educated, well-spoken, you know, very on it, ladies and yeah. my nan my nan has suffered a brain hemorrhage and so, and so like we can laugh about it because she finds this funny too but like she can't talk that eloquently so i thought firstly that's well, funny it's like not only are we the underdog she also hasn't had the vaccine that's also true and she can't speak as well as oscar's nan i just thought it's a just a yeah. perfect trio well, of i want to do my that take too on this my take yeah. on this when you told me this idea was like ah all right do it we'll see maybe we'll use it maybe we won't use it and then i heard what you had recorded and it's so goddamn funny <laughs> in terms of her execution her execution your execution the way you scripted it it starts funny and it gets funnier every single thing that happens gets <laughs> funnier i listened to it no exaggeration like 10 times it gets funnier every time i listen to it yeah the 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 every single line just makes it better and better well, well it makes it worse that's what happens every single line makes makes the point of the conversation uh like more and more unobtainable that, that's yeah the, that's the way i want to so write it he, here's the moment it clinched it for me if this was bad writing if this was bad writing, when she knows who Oscar is, and you go, you listen to the Japan Deep Dive, Japan Times Deep Dive podcast, and she goes, yeah, and then you go, and you listen, wait, do you listen to our podcast? In a bad writing script, she would say no. But in your script, yeah, 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 she goes, yeah, yeah <laughs> sometimes, which makes it believable and also like yes but still oscar's better it's so funny it's so yeah. good yeah uh, also i like the fact that i was saying love you uh that that makes yeah. it, that, that makes this that was makes, a complete very, very waste of time love you and yeah which, her which you... acting at the end there is like she went from why are you calling me at this hour don't ask about my jigsaw puzzle it's none of your business to to very grandma very grandma in like my grandson is trying to get off the phone with me and i would prefer to stay on the phone and keep talking to him yeah her her acting in that is just so good yeah she uh, she really enjoyed it, and I I mentioned this to you before we started recording, but like my my grandparents they um they both don't work, and unfortunately my nan is is very unwell. She's incapacitated not just because of the hemorrhage, but because as she was learning to walk again, she had some falls, so she's you know she can't really walk anymore because she's got bad hips, whatever. So uh, 
generally she spends a lot of time at home. My grandfather spends a lot of time looking after her. This was the main event for their day. Once I gave them this task, this this was like, I just had this picture of my grandfather in like a director's chair holding one of those old-fashioned megaphones running through her lines because he knew her lines off by heart too. And he was shouting them out as... <laughs> it was great. I'm so pleased. Yeah. Also, Matthew, you said that you didn't even think it was actually her. You thought I was being her. Yeah, I honestly thought it was you doing a voice. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. So you went through all that trouble. <laughs> I, I know. But this is but this is the point, right? A lot of people, if they were new to the podcast, what would they what would they think? What would what would you no no show starts like that? Like, what would you what would you, what would you <laughs> Well, that think? was we kind of debated it. We were like, this is a joke that only people who have listened to the Japan deep the Japan Times deep dive podcast will get. Is it worth it? But again, like these kinds of in jokes, these kinds of like being a part of the community jokes, are what makes it worth it for me in the long run. Yeah, it's like it's like a hot family chicky at the end of a long day. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, speaking of which, um, this month particularly, there's something that I've noticed that is an Ollie Horn trademark in terms of how a show is run. And I think sometimes you do this just naturally and sometimes you do it so purposefully that it takes me out of the show a little bit. When we record the show... We look for a joke to end on. Yeah. That's one of the main things that we do is that we, we go, we need to end this on a funny bit so we can play our jingle and go da 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 da. So I know that we're doing this. Woo! And I noticed that you, I think an instinct as a comedian is that a joke can always be funnier if it's a callback. Yeah. And you do this in the extras and you do it in the show. But you go out of your way. I'm sure that there are wheels turning in your head constantly about how can I relate the end joke of a show to a callback? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Actually, I would go one step further. I don't think I do it consciously, but I even think I plant seeds for callbacks. I think one of the reasons why my comedy can misfire is I'll try and do something so exaggerated that it's memorable such that it can come back for a callback later. I think you're probably right. There was one show in the extras, and I don't know, you know, it, it might actually be the one that hasn't aired yet with Dan. There was some topic where genocide came up. Oh, yeah. And then in the extras, in the recording of the extras. Sorry, Matthew's ears have just pricked. What? Which, which, which genocide? Which, which genocide? country? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback right there, by the way, and it's funny. Yeah. But four or five times in recording the extras, you tried to end the extras. By going to a genocide callback. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair criticism. But on the other hand, sometimes you don't work hard to end the show. So, so there is also, there is also that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, despite the fact that Bobby, know, Bobby knows that, uh, that we're overrunning, Bobby well, knows I, it's also not I would not disagree. I would, say, I would say sometimes I go for an organic end to the show instead of trying to force one. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I like I like I like keeping to time. Unlike on this show, which has now run so long. Uh, oh my god, this, this is going to be. A let me just remind show. you, I was listening to this to recharge your device. Uh, we've got we've got another two hours to go. Uh, Matthew, uh, d- what what do you think about the way we end the show? We always try and end on a on on, on something that stops the conversation short, rather than okay, that's it now. 
Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I don't like um, something that just kind of gradually fades out over time. I like things to end with a, a bit of a, a bang or a slap. And uh, it goes it goes with the way that your, your show is generally very well produced and very well put together, that it um, it starts on pace and it finishes on pace as well. It doesn't, doesn't kind of just gradually die. You are being die. very kind. I'm not sure how to deal with this. Speaking of on pace, let's talk about the Lisa Do episode a little bit more because this was one of our best episodes Matthew's here so again second best episode um, in terms of laughs per minute in terms of focus in terms of informativeness it was on point there was so much accomplished in so much of a short period of time with these consistent laughs and this was an episode where we've worked in the JBRC press club in this episode we've worked in Brian's appearance We've worked in so much <laughs> extra in joke. Did you get that joke, by the way? Stuff. Did you listen right to the very end? Are you asking me? Yeah. yeah I, I, I listened to it, yeah. Uh, I didn't think Brian had a lot to say for most of the episode, but uh, I'm glad that he was able <laughs> yeah. to, to join and to, uh, to be part of it. Ali wouldn't have been directing that question at me. He knows I don't listen to the end. Uh, <laughs> once once well, you finish, you're out the door. That yes. made me. That made me laugh when I listen back, and I I forgot we did the Brian joke, and at the very end, Brian goes, "Okay, guys, thanks. <laughs> it was great to be here." Oh man, it's so funny. But so this episode, like, we hit all of the points that we needed to hit, and getting all the information that we needed to get, while making it a fun conversation and working in all of these different jokes that are very much on brand for us, yeah. and yet. <laughs> Ollie got a tweet that was so offensive to him that he had to mute it. Yeah, I was so annoyed. Well, I, I think the reason why I'll explain that tweet, but I think the reason it was good is partly, obviously, because Lisa is excellent. And yes. Two, so two things. One, the the topic matter is actually quite small, and I think we forget that the better episodes are when we have a discreet thing to talk about, and we weren't just talking about vaccinations in general we were speaking very specifically about the delays to vaccinations and the reason why some people might be opposed to that that is something which can be dealt with in 15 20 minutes additionally lisa gets us in the sense that she like she's got a good sense of humor she's even watched your stand-up comedy so neither of us were kind of treading on eggshells in <laughs> can i can i take a quick diversion here because yeah. one of my favorite things about doing this show is that occasionally i get a glimpse into myself and this episode is a prime example of that in that there's a moment in this episode where she says she saw me do stand up and so I when I contacted her <laughs> no 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 not even that it's worse it's worse she makes a joke that on on repeat listen is clearly a joke about having seen me do stand up and remembering my name so that when I reached out to her to be on the podcast she was like oh I remember this guy and she makes a joke about having seen me do stand up and when I contact her her first reaction being like oh can I get your autograph and in the moment when she said that it never even occurred to me that, that somebody wanting my autograph was a joke <laughs> <laughs> I was so eager to accept the idea that somebody wanted my autograph that it never even occurred to me yeah well thankfully she does she does seem to get on with us 
And yeah. that makes that makes for a far more relaxed episode because we have had guests where you tell a joke and then they have to go, sorry, what? And the moment that happens and we have to pause, explain it and then jump back in and we kind of stop starting. It's never good. Well, let's ask Matt because, Matt, for, for us, this episode was one of the most comfortable episodes to produce. It was somebody who was so easy to talk to and somebody who – seemed to completely get what we were doing both lisa and brian by the way they were both they both played their role yes yes both of them (laughs) brian was crucial in his role as guest but listening to it did did it seem any different from any other episode um no it just seemed like you had a really good guest on um somebody who Mm. really knew what they were talking about uh and was able to do so in uh an interesting and entertaining way um it, it's hard to see all the kind of the behind the scenes the inside baseball stuff that you're doing to edit it together to make something that that makes sense for the listener but for me it just mm. sounded like uh you were talking to somebody who really knew their stuff although out of curiosity woefully mm. misinformed about the most handsome british men in tokyo <laughs> <laughs> it's funny by the way you mentioned that, that she sounded uh you know, so entertaining and free, which is kind of your implication, right? It was a buoyant chat. She, um, like, she works for Bloomberg, and we've had Bloomberg journalists before say, "Oh, they're very strict on public appearances." Let's not go down the whole Kagiyama road. Uh, but you know, sometimes journalists have to be a bit reserved uh, with what they say. But she, well, I guess she was being reserved with what she said, uh, and she was nervous. You know, she did say, "If I say something, I regret. Can we cut it out, etc." And obviously, we gave her all the assurances that she needed. Uh, but she didn't sound like she was self-censoring, which is very good. Yeah. Well, well, um, Matt, did you listen to the Deep Dive podcast where she was a guest? What's the Deep Dive podcast? Yes. Very good. Very nice. Is that a That's why you're question? here. Yeah, I, um, I've never listened no, so, to the Japan Times Deep Dive podcast. I, I don't know what it is. So I've never listened to as it. As research for her appearance, we listened to the show. Because uh, we listen to it anyway, um, but I was a little bit concerned listening to that show. It's a very different vibe from what we do, and Oscar does. Yes, yeah, because Oscar's a fucking square. There, I said it. <laughs> Oscar does an informative journalistic show, and I think she came prepared for that kind of show, and that meant that her responses were newsworthy she was delivering news which if you were going to just straight do that on our show it might come off a little bit dry and so before the show recorded i had a little bit of a concern about whether or not she was gonna meld with our vibe and she absolutely did she was funny she was willing to be interrupted she was willing to laugh she was willing to respond to a joke and roll with the joke and it made for such a fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe it helped that she was very much covering her beat, right? It was a topic yeah. that she knew inside out. Uh, oh, no, Ollie hit her with curveballs. Ollie was like, cats? And she was like, yes, let's do yes. this. <laughs> yes, and. Yes, and more cats. <laughs> that is true, actually. I forgot about the cats. Um, I don't know. For, for, I was kind of tuning out at that point. I thought for a moment you were talking about um, the musical, Ollie, but uh, it, it was clear. Uh, well, I, I, I actually I do quite like Cats the Musical. Um, 
uh, okay, this is this is a tangent. I had a comedy character, which I now haven't done for years. Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> called Stuart Bin. And uh, he uh, his claim to fame was he was um, he was understudy for the magical Mr. Mistopheles. And, uh, so, and the Subway Sandwich Artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Subway, <laughs> Subway Sandwich Artist. Matthew, I could say, I would base, this, this, this guy, um, musical theatre graduate, uh, wanted to go into the arts, became a sandwich artiste, um, and now does his uh, Subway Sandwich training through the medium of interpretive dance. And I have a five-minute routine where I've, mem- I've memorized the entire Subway Sandwich menu. Like, I, 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 at the time, I could do everything. All the breads, all the fillings, you name it, I could do it. Um, and I would mind making making a sandwich to, to some trance music. But anyway, the, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of cats, and I, I would have him as like he was he was interested in cats, but he had a tete a tete with the director that he was trained in the school of realism, and he got fired from the show because he would meow, and, and <laughs> just, <laughs> he would, uh, he would meow what? and shit in a litter box. I should say that actually, because I shat on stage. Um, but but he um, but <laughs> since getting a cat, I have started thinking like, you know, like this cat was a was a street cat basically, which we you know we, we've like cleaned up and rescued. And I and I did it did occur to me, what if she goes back onto the street? What will they think of her? How fast? And of course, well that is the the plot of the Aristocats, isn't it? And so. Like the more I've been think, like the more I've been like observing the cat and thinking, I wonder if there's any good stories that could be done about her. They've all been done. Do you know about the brain parasites that cats give you? Yes. Are you aware of this, Ollie? Yes. So you, when you were saying that you, when you were saying that you used to not be a cat person, but then after you got a cat, you suddenly became a cat person. Um, this is a known phenomenon, and there's like some kind of fungus or parasite that cats have in their feces that infects human brains and makes them yep. more well disposed to cats. So I'm afraid it's so too late for you. There is a parasite Are you serious? that infects rats and it makes rats not scared of cats. So then the cats eat the rats and the cats get infected by those parasites. And then if humans are exposed to cat feces that is infected with these parasites, humans can get infected with these parasites and one of the side effects is that it makes them more predisposed to enjoy cats but also it can contribute to depression and aggression in humans i tend to blame my depression on being a cat person and also on on matthew boynton so uh so you weren't into cats and then you came into contact with a cat and presumably into contact with its feces and now you are a cat person yeah Oh, I'm not worried. feeling any more depressed than usual. Hmm. That that's uh, that speaks volumes about your life prior to getting the cat, I suppose. But that yeah. is that is true. I have been I've been unemployed for a year. It's a real it's a <laughs> real Ollie, it's a real chicken and egg situation and, and in your case you ate too much of both of them. Yeah. Ah, I didn't know about this poo thing. I knew that I had to be careful about it scratching me. Because my, my brother's a vet, and he said that vets have lost their arms because something that cats can put inside your arm when they scratch you can... Uh, That's how Samuel L. Jackson lost his eye. Is that a joke? Because I don't know anything about movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, neither of you, I guess, That's, watch The Avengers. That's always the response that you're looking for with a joke, right? Is that a joke? <laughs> 
No, but, but Bobby knows I don't know many movie references, so I always get... Yeah. Like, I'm assuming I that's uh, that uh, Agents of Shield. Let me rephrase that joke. Let me rephrase that joke so Ali will understand it. That's how flubber, flubber, flubber. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. All right, well, that's that's that. That's the uh, that's the, the episodes this month. We've got... Um, should we, should, we, should we talk about what we're going to do next month, or should we uh, should we let them go? <laughs> should, should we should we provide a sweet release? Well, before we wrap this episode up, I would like to mention that it is fucking insane and super exciting that the mouth. the company that hosts our podcast, oh yeah, Transistor, released a video about how to make a good podcast based on our podcast 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 oh uh in in i know we now sound a bit obsessive because you've said the word podcast like six times in a sentence which is never never cool i Uh, i said it thrice and you jumped on and added another thrice podcast you're right it it, it was very affirming that, that, that that they did that and also that that person uh Justin, I think his name is, wrote a blog post about what he thinks is the future of the podcasting industry, which is that podcasts will continue to grow at a snail's pace, but it will be consistent. And something which kind of gives me hope is our audience by any standard is actually extremely modest, but it's full of smart, interesting people that we like. And I think, and this is something which I've I've thought about a lot, right, with stand-up comedy, that I've got friends that have cultivated an audience that frankly they don't like. And it's a it is a, it's a real problem for them. They've got you know thirty thousand Twitter followers, but they wouldn't go they wouldn't want to go for a pint with most of them. All the people that that listen to our show, with the exception of like a small handful, are people that like we would want to work with professionally. Like Matthew, we'd want to work with professionally. We'd want to be friends with. And I think that's really like there's something about that that I that I really like. Can I posit uh, a theory? Yeah. My theory is that our podcast listens grow at the same rate that the Conbini Boys Twitter grows. And <laughs> inversely, the Conbini Boys podcast listens probably grow at the same rate that Ali's Twitter grows. Is that funny, is it? I'll, um, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say one more thing on this point, which is a, a girl who I used to, to date who I, who I don't anymore. And there was a period where she... Um, she wasn't very happy with me because uh, she wanted to keep dating me, which to, to Bobby's absolute astonishment. Um, Don't understand it. Doesn't make any sense. But she, um, out the blue, I, I found out that she got COVID. So Have I you listened to his podcast? Well, she she obviously does. In fact, she was one of the first people that um, that, that gave us money on Buy Me A Coffee. Uh, but she, um, she messaged me. You say me. us. You're the only one who has, who's ever got it. <laughs> and and look at look at all this wealth. <laughs> look look at look at what I'm splurging it on. She paid. I uh, see paid three for my bottles stickers. of water in the background yeah. there. She did. She paid for your stickers. Also, she paid for these lovely new headphones. I'm very happy with these. They're very comfortable. Uh, and also, they work crucially. Which my other ones stopped. They started buzzing. Uh, anyway, all I wanted to say was I've, I got back in touch with her after a while because I found out she got COVID. So I just said, you know, is there anything I can do to help? Try and be nice. And then um, she took that as an invitation to send me a meme, which was a screenshot of a tweet, which was why do, all it said was, why do men start podcasts instead of going to therapy? Uh, and she said, saw this and thought of you. <laughs> that teaches me. Is this the tweet you had to mute? 
Oh, no, I forgot. We should mention that, shouldn't we? That would have been yes. a good... Oh, God. All right. In that case, another we 10 minutes. We this... can't finish this month's Hansekai without bringing up this tweet. Bring it... Basically, right? Uh, someone tweeted us saying... This was in Your discussion to was interesting. episode. Yeah. Interesting discussion, but the art of a good interviewer is to listen. Let your guests speak. Now... I, I had two issues with this. I actually screenshotted this and sent it to Bobby and I said, I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to rise to this. Because, yeah. firstly, I, I don't think we should... Firstly, we're now at a st- no. Yeah. yeah, right. Because firstly, we're now at a stage where we get enough Twitter interaction where I think it's reasonable that we don't respond to every tweet by everyone. Like, I, there isn't... There's a norm on Twitter, right? If you don't get many messages, you should respond. If there's loads of messages, you know, it, it's kind of... It, it, it's not impolite to not respond and I think some people would appreciate that. But additionally, I just think she was wrong. Firstly, uh, firstly, I, I, I really try not to do this myself, but you don't have to comment on something you don't like. Like the, the, the first thing is just like just because there's some content out there that you don't like, the best thing to do is to move on. And I always like, you know, I I, I always think that I I I shouldn't be taking advice from people that I wouldn't ask for advice from right like otherwise i I, i'm I'm gonna get myself into kind of a you know a spiral of just feeling bad about my work but anyway so she tweets this and my first response is well actually lisa did talk a lot and proportionally she talked the same you know she talked the same as me and bobby no more or no less than any other guest in in any other episodes secondly uh it's not an interview like we're not interviewing you yeah, I'll go ahead and agree on the second point. Uh, our show is not an interview show. And one of my instincts to respond to this tweet was to link Oscar's show, to link the Japan Deep Dive podcast. If that's what you want to hear, that's where it is. Our show is a conversation, and it's supposed to be a funny conversation. And the main reason that we have guests on is that we want to have content to bounce off of. Yeah. And functionally in a conversation when somebody says something and you go oh that's a good opportunity for a joke you can't wait to do that joke because if the conversation continues it becomes too late irrelevant the moment's gone that said i am very conscious of trying not to interrupt our guests which you would never understand from listening to this episode sorry matthew Hey, um, I almost managed to get two jokes out, so. <laughs> I didn't notice either of them. <laughs> but th- that said, like, I'm very conscious of trying not to interrupt guests. And if we have a guest on, I feel like we do have kind of a responsibility to give them more of the microphone time than, than we have. I, and in I'm some not sure cases, I agree with that. Like, it's our show. Fuck it. It's our show. Like, you know, why can't we talk on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there has to be a balance. I think our best shows are when there's a balance. And in some cases, the interruption and the time between when the show starts and when the guest finally starts to get their platform to talk about what they're there to talk about is super long in some cases it's egregious and in listening back to the shows this month i noticed that in 
Anne's episode, before she really starts to get her moment to talk, there's like 10 to 15 minutes of us doing our in-jokes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. My, my, like, as a general point, yes, a, a, an interviewer's job is to, like, get what they can out of, out of a guest. And the best interviewing technique is silence. Like, all that I agree with. But the, the fundamentally, I, don't, I just don't agree with her tweeting it to us. Yeah. It's not, it's not a nice thing to do. It's not, it's not necessary. It's not kind. Uh, it, it's unsolicited. It doesn't need to happen. Uh, and secondly, um, you know, the, the advice is, uh, it's, it's just not, it's not relevant to us. I, I, I don't, I really don't think. And also like, I'm really conscious, right? We always make sure to ask guests, is there anything you really want to make sure you say? And we'll take a note of it and we'll make sure we get to it. When we finish recording, we always say, is there anything you want to pick up? And at times we've done that. They've said, actually, there was a question. I have something else to say and we let them re-record it. Um, and so, something that Bobby and I have discussed before is there was a point where we were so guest focused that we kind of forgot about the fact that some people like tuning in to our chit chat and like in jokes yeah. don't develop unless yeah. we, we have some space for us. That's a line that you've got to walk is that like there are some listeners who want to know what happened with your Japanese roommate. There are some listeners mm. who want to hear about what's going on with your TV job. There, there are some listeners who ask about the cat and the balance between that and focusing on what the guest is there to talk about that week is hard to calculate. And for us, a lot of times, the more in-jokes, the more comedy bits that fit into the show, the funnier it is, but that takes time away from the main conversation. Yeah. But honestly, in, in editing, I almost always edit us out first. It's, it's almost always my, my kind of go-to is the first thing that will be cut is any examples we give before a question. Because both you and I, Bobby, will ask a question by giving examples. You, you say that like it's a benevolent choice and not a necessity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Otherwise, they'll be four hours long. I know. Well, Ma Matthew, um, as, I think as someone... the two of you yeah. bounce off each other very well. You clearly know each other very well, and you know when the other one is going to pause and when is a good time to interject or to change the subject. Uh, and I think that mm. works really well for your bants for your banter uh and yeah i do enjoy that part of the show every week but when it comes time for the round table conversation maybe it's more difficult than you to realize for the guest to interject right because they're yes. watching you two bounce off each other and it's not always obvious when there's going to be a chance to a make a comment or to counter some of the things that they're, they're there to talk Matthew about Boynton, shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bobby. Bobby just interrupting there too. You, uh, uh, you can edit all of that out, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I think that's probably a good end to the show. Um, so, something that, that has occurred to me, Bobby, is you know, Squadcast has changed their pricing again. I think I told you. Uh, yeah. So Matthew, we use this software called Squadcast, which, as you can see, because you're on it, um, and it's very good. Generally, right when it works, it's great. the 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 quality is incredible, and they make multiple backups, so they record locally on your computer, which then is uploaded to me. Plus, also the sound, which is sent in real time, that's also uh, created as a backup, less high quality, but still, you know, at a pinch, usable recording. Uh, but uh, they keep up. They keep changing their pricing and increasing it but we're on a plan which is the unlimited plan which they don't have anymore now you have to pay by hour 
And it did, did occur to me how different our podcast would be if we were not on that plan. <laughs> because like we, we we wouldn't do this for a start, would we? This would this nope. would this this two hours of recording would would cost us something like forty dollars. Like, <laughs> there's absolutely no way we would we'd be taking the piss like that. So um, in conclusion, yeah, it's, 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 in conclusion, vote yeah. communist. Yes, there we, that's a callback. There we go, Bobby. You see, it works. That's now the end Everybody of the show. Everybody does it. There we go. Matthew, and on that note, for real though, for real though, uh, for here, for here on out, uh, anything that you'd like to see our podcast do, anything that you'd like to see us stop doing or do more of, uh, feel would free you to like write that down on a piece of paper, roll it up tight, and shove it up my ass. <laughs> That's our other podcast. I'd like to hear what somebody who is a guest and somebody who enjoys the show, uh, what they'd think. Uh, Sure, yeah. I'll be be sure to tweet at you and tag the Conbini boys with any constructive criticism that I might have. This this would have been your opportunity. You could have even invented a new... Your mistake was expecting sincerity from a British person. That's Years true. of dealing yeah, yeah. with Ollie should have prepared you for this. Uh, yeah, British people aren't very good at being um, nice to each other. In fact, I've got I've got a good friend Darius who's a, a comedian, and we're so rude to each other. Like he he will get my attention. He will get my attention if I'm in the middle of something by just writing on Facebook, "Fuck you, fuck you." Should I take a knife to my throat? Is that what you're asking for? Fuck you, um, and then talk to me about whatever he wants to talk to me. One time I threw him off uh, by just saying to him. I just complimented something about him. I said, I really respect, and then said something. And he called me up. <laughs> it, just, it, was, it, was such, it was such a flooring move uh, to, to, to be sincere to each other. But I'll try, Bobby, I'll try and, and do the same question you asked to Matthew in, in like a Brit to Brit way. Um, all right, listen, okay. fucked hard. What's, what, uh, what can I do to make this less shit? <laughs> well, you could start by taking yourself off it. Um, there you go. Yeah. Boom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. Like uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't have any notes really. I'm not a, a podcast professional. Um, I, you guys know a lot more about this than I do. I enjoy listening to the show. I enjoy the fact that it is thirty minutes of closely edited content. Like um, I don't have time. This isn't. To, uh, no, this certainly isn't. But I don't have time for another two-hour podcast to, to put into my right. my weekly rotation. Um, so that that's one thing that I really enjoy about it, uh, and I enjoy uh, the fact that you draw on like a very diverse set of voices as well, or you know, a reasonably diverse set of voices so far. Um, but yeah, that's certainly something more, well, more diverse than it than it would be if Bobby more than I. But I think we both do didn't make a big effort to not fall in the trap of having people on that are just uh, that are accessible which is i guess speaker's main message isn't it yeah all right uh thanks for listening if you're oh my god if you're listening to the end no nobody's listening to this well no, no let's test if you're listening to the end and you're listening communist. to this bit yeah vote communist for a start and i will send you a magnet when i can from malaysia if you're listening to this before February the 7th. I'll give you one week. February the 7th, 2021. Email me through my website, ollihorn.com or 
boys at japanbyrivercruise.com. I think that's our email address. Boys. Boys. Or our website. And use the code word commie. Just tweet. Tweet at Japan by River Cruise. No, don't JBR's tweet because then people will know about it. Just tweet vote commie and Ali will send you some magnets. Well, don't do that because then people might. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Tweet. You have to send an don't, actual don't. fax uh, of your voting <laughs> slip proving that you voted communist. You voted. But I, I am serious. I've got some mag. I've got some magnets here, which when I can send them, I will. Or I guess Bobby can send one. I'm interested to know if anyone's managed to get to this stage this week. I don't think. I don't think this is going to cost us too much money, Bobby. <laughs> I, I I agree. I agree. Just right. just just contact any of us on any platform and say magnets, bitches, and you'll get some magnets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. See you next month. Vote communist. Thanks, Matt. Bye. 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 <laughs>